spend my dollar. It's not about what you want, it's about what you're willing to do to get it. Run it again. Hello and welcome. I'm not going to, so quit asking. When you give me a hard time. For the listeners that didn't get to go. This is the payback. Alabama wins! What you did last year really doesn't matter. Our goal is to have the kind of team that nobody wants to play. Hi. Hello and welcome to a Talking Ball edition of the Alabama Football Podcast. Fan favorite Tommy from the LSU site Talking Tigs joins us to vent some preseason excitement with a decidedly Alabama and LSU tilt. Check it out. Go. Man, I was figuring that uh, we'll just we'll just talk football today, man. I've got some questions yeah. I want to run by you. You probably have some questions to run me, but shit, man, it's been a long time since, uh, certainly since we've talked, and there's I know there's a lot of excitement about the season, so... Man, let's just talk ball a little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Well, hey, let me uh, uh, let me say this, and look, it pains me to say it, but uh, but I've got to, right? And it's been a while, right? So it doesn't hurt as much as it once did. But congratulations on not just our game, but winning the West last year. That has. Why don't we start there, right? Because I mean, you know, Brian Kelly. Uh, I mean, holy shit, man, he came in and and uh, we kind of talk like he like he was like having a Hallmark movie because you know, the, the whole sort of situation. And so he came in and, and, uh, and won the West feel like he was playing with half money or house money. And, uh, there yeah. time he just said, I ah, just go for it. And, uh, like talk to talk about, uh, talk about that a little bit and the excitement that, uh, that that's brought to the the fan base. Man, it, it's brought a ton of excitement. I, I mean, I think that especially, well, to backtrack a little bit, you know, we started off the season, on a, on a real low note with the uh, the Florida State loss. So that was another overtime game that kind of could have gone either way, kind of similar to the, the how the Alabama-LSU uh, game went. It just happened to go in our favor. Um, but, it, you know, the, the, we st- the Brian Kelly heiress did not start off with a, um, you know, a tremendous win. And so – I think that now obviously we pulled it together and kind of, you know, had some quality wins along the way, but we also on our, on the way to, to playing Alabama, we got uh, just embarrassed by Tennessee in our own stadium. So, you know, I, I think that at going into that Alabama game, of course, everybody gets up for that. I mean, that's, that's LSU is one of the weird, um, one of the weird schools in the SEC where we don't have a real rival. Uh, they tried to make it into Texas A&M. It's not. And I don't think any any LSU fan would tell you that. So, you know, for us, we we recognize that most of the time our biggest rivalry games are not our rivals' biggest rivalry games. So for right. us, like, you know, an Alabama game, when we're competitive, when we're good, an Alabama game is something that everybody looks forward to. Um, I, you know, I, I know going into that game we were excited, but I, I did not – I didn't pick us to win. I didn't say, oh, man, we're going to, you know – we're gonna go out there and play lights out, but like you said, you know, it, we we played well. We're able to hang in it, and and uh, you know, came into came out of the last play, uh, you know, which is kind of which is as just a as a college football fan in general, that's what you want. You know, that's an yeah. iconic play that that is you know just exciting and love to watch it. Um, but I think what LSU fans probably took from that the most is, you know, man, in year one, this guy can this guy can win the the big one. Or he can win the you know the big ones. You know, obviously we got a little bit outmatched in the SEC championship. Um, I don't know if anybody else. You know, I think everybody was a little outmatched compared to Georgia. Georgia's just on another level right now. Yep. But um, 
huge, you know, just, just a, like you said, very much playing with house money and, and, you know, nearly hit the jackpot in year one. Um, I think with that, it comes a lot of pressure as well. You know, how, how do you improve over year two? Like, uh, especially with the way Jane Daniels played, played very well last year, um, was our leading rusher, I believe. So, which is, you know, could be good and bad from the quarterback. Um, so you want to see some progression from him. You want to see some progression on the defensive side of the ball. We picked up a lot of guys in the portal. So there's a, I think there are a lot of question marks that, that LSU fans are probably excited about. But, um, you know, it, it's uh, – the, the you can feel you can feel that the pressure's on, but – and something I'd be interested that, you know, I think we'll probably get into is um, Brian Kelly just – he manages the program so much – so differently. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's very weird – here in Baton Rouge, especially with the way that Coach O was before, um, Coach O was very, I mean, like loud in like the physical sense, but also like managed a loud program. You heard a lot. There were a lot of you heard a lot like from the program, but you also heard a lot of rumors. They were yep. they did not keep things under lock and key. They did not. Have, there were a lot of leaks, a lot of issues, or you know, and good and bad. Um, there's none of that with with Kelly, yeah. and so. It, it's it's weird, and I've talked to a lot of people, you know, close to the athletic program. It's just like this is it's it's like, well, what's going on? Like we we're not we're not used to having a quiet off season or a a, you know, a reasonably quiet off season. We're used to you know kind of the season starting almost when it when when that la- when the you know clock goes off of the national championship. Okay, now it's time for now we're going to start hearing rumors and somebody's going to get in trouble, somebody's going to get kicked off the team, and then we're going to pick somebody up, and then somebody and like. Really, with the exception of this, I don't know if you've heard about this Denver Harris situation. Yeah. The, um, you know, the five star transfer out of AM. It's really been a, a pretty quiet offseason. Had some transfers in and out, which is, you know, these days what you expect. But, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just very interesting to see the difference in how he manages the program. No, I think that's fair. And I think, uh, you know, there's a, a, there's certainly some, instances that uh that I maybe want to ask about but uh but Brian Kelly <clears throat> you know I I put it this way right um if we had to um in Alabama if we had to replace uh coach Saban tomorrow uh everyone's and that's been a popular article you know who's going to be the next coach at Alabama I think for most of the last decade you know there's been some version of you know someone someone writing that list and so as you can imagine over that period of time who who is at the top of that list, you know, changes, right? Dabo Sweeney used to be really, really popular and, and you know, and he wouldn't be a bad choice, but I don't think he'd be at the top of the list. Uh, Lane Kiffin sort of creeps up to the top of the list in a way that, that he hasn't before and and other names. At, at one point, I thought, you know, hey, if Jeremy Pruitt, if he proves himself at Tennessee, then he might be a candidate. That went another way. I still believe um, – uh, Napier, uh, you know, if he truly does build something in Florida, then, then you know, potentially he's a candidate. And and there's a whole bunch of, you know, names that you would put right there at the top of my list is Brian Kelly, because I think he could come in. His his footprint is different, right? He's not sort of a saving disciple. But in terms of just coming in and say, dude, we're just going to, you know, we're going to build a process and we're going to get better every day. And then we're going to see where that takes us. You know, Brian, said, you know, he says some of those things. Kelly says some of those things. And uh, and it sort of lives, it demonstrates it certainly in in what he's done there uh, at LSU that he could come in and it 100% be his program. Uh, it'd be different, but it would be very similar, uh, you know, in in terms of focus and 
and how we prioritize uh, prioritizes things. Uh, and that's that for me, you know, that's kind of the highest praise that that I can I can put out there. I have a tremendous amount of respect, you know, at every at every stage in uh, in his his career, he's he's been successful. And he went at Notre Dame, and he was there for quite a while. And he and I I think he proved not only did he do it, and like you and I can talk about it, but I think he he literally proved that there's only so much you can do at Notre Dame because he kept yes. achieving it and achieving it and achieving it and achieving it and and he and he wasn't able to sort of break through because of you know it's just a different sort of program. And so finally one day he just said. I want to win. I want to yeah. do better than, and, and, you know, I had, I didn't bail at the first opportunity. I, you know, and so now he's at LSU and proven that, uh, holy cow, he, he, he's going to do, you know, really good things there. Uh, let me, let me ask you, um, <clears throat> one of, one of the things that, that I did want to ask, and, and, and I, I'm going to laugh a little bit because you said, you know, we haven't had all of the, I'm paraphrasing what you said. Uh, you know, under Kelly, we haven't had all the drama and all of sort yeah. of all the field sort of drama that uh, you know that that we did, and I I agree. Uh, however, yeah. there's a couple a couple of little instances uh, around, uh, uh, and this is dated, right? And so uh, it's probably it's definitely old news. But uh, the uh, the wide receiver Butte, he was he was going to stay, and then he was going to leave, and then he was going to stay and going to leave, and then uh, and then the story came out with. The I don't know what what her role was other than, well, you know whatever her role was, you know, staffer. Was, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> and then so there was some drama around that uh, around that. Now that's been so that went that was addressed, resolved, gone, right? And so it hasn't lingered. But you know what what was that storyline sort of across the fan base? Because uh, I mean he's a super talented receiver. Was going to stay. You wanted him to stay. Was going to leave. Uh, and then he seemed to. Uh, you know, and I think this is a holdover from, you know, from from other coaches. But he seemed to he seemed to be drama rid, riddled. Uh, so maybe he's maybe he's addition by subtraction. I I don't know if you can. I don't know if I would say go as far as say addition by subtraction just because mm-hmm. of how talented he was. And I say was though last year was not that was not the case on Butte who we expected. Yeah. Um. From the very from the very first game. Um. Now he, he you know he's he. Exited the twenty um, the twenty one season with an injury, and nursed that all through the through the um, through the off season, and and really I was never one hundred percent during spring. Was never one hundred percent. It seemed like was never one hundred percent during fall camp leading into last season, and that showed. And, and you know this goes back to kind of what you're talking about with with Brian Kelly and the process oriented way he goes about it. The the more kind of you know baseline everyone has to adhere to the to certain standards and mm-hmm. i think you know uh you know he's been talking a lot about like the lsu standard that kind of thing that is kind of something he's bringing in or, or a mantra um and butte was somebody who who never really got on the page got on got on page with it uh he kelly famously in the in one of his first uh press conferences last fall um, they asked, you know, oh man, what do you think about Kayshawn? How's Kayshawn? He goes, I, I don't know Kayshawn. I've met him once. Like mm-hmm. he's not around the team. He's not, he's not coming to practice. You know, and at the time he was, he was um injured, so he was doing a lot of rehab, but right. he wasn't, you know, coming out after rehab and sitting, sitting with the receivers or or sitting in the coach's box or doing stuff like that. And I think that spoke a lot to Kelly. And so um, you know, towards the end of the season, 
at the beginning of the season, I mean, it just looked like he didn't want to be out there. Exactly. It was it was bad. I mean, he was dropping. He seemed to come around on that. He did come around towards the end. Um, there's a little bit of speculation. Uh, of course, we got we have Jane Daniels, who's you know I would say pretty much the locked in starter going into this year. Um, but we do have Garrett Nussmeyer as well, who mm-hmm. is a good a good player in his own right. Um, supposedly, Butte was kind of more of a Nussmeyer guy. He liked the way okay. that Nussmeyer threw the ball, or or Nussmeyer, you know, maybe leaned on him as a as a favorite receiver, and he felt like he was going to get more touches from him. Um, you can see that in, or you can see, you know, just the 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 way that Butte reacts. If you go back and watch some of the some of the end of the Florida State game to start off last year's season, you know, there's a lot of um, improv, improvisation and, and all that from uh, Daniels and and Butte at some point just starts just stands there with his like you know his hands on a hands by his side, and then that translate or that trickles over into the next play. Where it's like a slant, it's supposed to be a slant route to him, and this is, you know, we're on, we're in the red zone. This is his ter- his time to shine. He could, you know, catch a, uh, I think, go ahead touchdown, and he and he does not even paying attention. He just you know bounces off his hands because he's because he's still focused on why am I not getting the ball, you know, right. as much as I. So, anyways, to fast forward, like you said, you know, he he did he announces and it's you know uh, puts out a statement or one of those graphics that I'm staying, I'm here for my you know for my last year and. I want to bring a national championship to LSU. He says all the right things, and you think, "Oh man, okay, maybe he's really bought in." And then find out he's not—he's not dressing for the bowl game. He's out. He's not. And and you know the rumors came out. That was the the, the what you're what you're talking about with the the kind of scandal. This yeah. <laughs> this strange scandal, obviously never confirmed. Um, it really that was another thing where I, I do wonder. I don't know if it's true or not. Something that does make me think it's probably not true. Um, one of the, because yes, the, the two of the people implicated in this kind of, I don't know how you would, how you would you know, state it as <laughs> right, far as right. a G rated, but it, this kind of, you know, inappropriate activity on, on, it was supposedly during the, um, the road trip to the SEC championship in a hotel room. Um, two of the people were let go or left mm-hmm. either, either fired or, or went their own way, you know, asked to leave whatever you want to take of that yeah but cortez hankton who was also implicated in the rumor and i say rumor um i mean he's still there he's doing great and and i know people i don't know him i've never met him um but i do know people who know his family and they're like i just don't they they were just like i just don't see that like i i don't know like they're you know they're like i don't know him i don't really know what he's up to but you know, he seems like he's a real, he's kind of a shining star as far, or a rising star as far as like coaching goes, you know, yeah. coming from, a, he did a really good job at Georgia and, and play, player personnel and recruiting and, and at the wide receiver position is doing a really good job here. So um, that, like not having him, if if Kelly is kind of keeping the standard and saying everybody's got to go if you're into yeah. that, or if, you know, if you make some sort of That's mistake fair. like that, I don't know if necessarily it makes sense for, I don't, I don't know if I would buy Kelly excusing it for for, for one an assistant case. coach. He's not a not a coordinator. I mean, he's great, but he's not sure. Sure, but uh, I so that that is what kind of makes me think maybe it's something else. But it was it is very strange. Like yeah. I don't I can't explain it. I've never I have not heard from anybody. Um, and I've asked. You know, I've kind of went around and tried to ask in my circles like what happened. Nobody really knows, which I think is also might be just a testament to the way that Kelly is running this program. 
No, because I know for a fact we would. I would have found out. We would have not even me. I'm not special. We bat, anybody in Baton oh, Rouge would have known by the you know if if it was Orgeron being coached, why he was gone, whether it was true or not, whether the rumor was right, whatever whatever it was, you would have found out at, yeah. at least by now. And I still don't know. No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, you guys start the uh, the season with Florida State again, so uh, you have an opportunity. I think you have them at, have them at home this year, so it's an opportunity to uh, get a little bit of revenge on last season. Uh, what's your What's your thought? That's coming up. The season's coming up. What's your thought about uh, Florida State this year? Yeah, man. Um, well, actually, so they're both. It's those neutral site games. So last year we okay. played at the Superdome in New Orleans. This time we're going to Orlando. You know, it's almost like a home and home, but just kind of a few minutes away from your from your actual home. your neutral site and my neutral um, site, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, I, I think that man, Florida State—they're supposed to be real good this year. You're hearing a lot of good things from. I mean, obviously they played us they played us well last year, and and um, you know, we're we're up there in the ACC by the end of it. Um, Jordan Travis is supposed to be very good. I'm you know excited to see him and see you know, kind of his progression, because I, I know a lot of people are saying he, he's a Heisman contender. I think that I, what I want to see is from LSU in that Florida State game, I, from what I've heard, and, and you know, I think our, our offense was 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 great last year. I enjoyed watching it. I think we did, but, but still, like, I'm fine with the way our, with where our offense was last year. I really want to see some strides made in our defensive production. Um, you know, we had a lot of we had some injuries that took us out, and then we had some personnel issues as far as just not being able to put together. Like we had some transfers out when when Orgeron was was let go, and then we had some, uh, you know, just not just we just didn't have the caliber, especially at the defensive back position. Yeah, um, kind of left over like the the juniors and seniors. We didn't really have go when Kelly got got his team together. So we've made some you know acquisitions in the portal. Excited to see that, and I think that Florida State is going to be a good first test. Um, that's going to be that could be a that could be a big matchup or a big you know kind of a domino for um, the SEC and the ACC. As far yeah. as you know, if LSU wins and 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 it becomes a that's a quality win for them for or for us, like that that's a feather in our cap that we can use you know going forward, and it's a good confidence builder. But if LSU loses um, and then LSU goes on to have a decent season. That's something that Florida State, you know, could easily, yeah. you know, they they win that game, then they go beat Clemson or go to the ACC championship and and win the championship. You know, they're in the playoff e- easy. So um, I think it's a big, it's kind it's of an exciting good, first matchup. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a good resume build, uh, you know, for for either team, right? Uh, and then it's a good, I, you know, sometimes you have to, you know, make the best of a situation as you can. But whichever team loses, uh, the first thing that that they're going to talk about is it's out of conference. Uh, we can still win our division, which is true. Uh, you know, yeah. certainly, you know, you mentioned Denver Harris and you mentioned, you know, the secondary take me back. It seems like I remember Denver Harris leaving Texas A&M. I couldn't tell you when that, when that was, uh, it was interesting within Alabama circles because uh, we recruited him real heavily. Uh, and at one point it looked like, you know, he was going to come to Alabama. And so we went to Texas A&M and Alabama have Alabama, you know, fans have a, and, you know, Saban has put a voice to it uh, around, you know, some of what we may or may not think about, you know, A&M recruiting. And so when yeah. we use a recruit like that to, to A&M, so that leads. And until when he leaves, you know, we have an opinion about that. And he goes to LSU, you know, walk me through when, when you guys get him. certainly there's some excitement there. 
you're probably projecting him somewhere in the depth chart. And then, you know, and now sort of whatever's going down, um, you know, walk, walk, walk me through that a little bit. You know, it, it, he was somebody who we recruited, you know, probably as heavily as y'all did. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the connection that, that we had, and I think, you know, probably the reason that we ended up getting him his his, I don't know if you know, his stepfather is actually a former LSU basketball player, Pac hmm. minor. So, you know, that was, that was something where, especially, you know, during his, his high school recruitment, LSU fans were, and even, even when he was crystal balled to A&M and, you know, all this kind of stuff, like, look, we can still pull it out. Like the family connection, that kind of thing. We're not just, you know, going in and going after some guy who has no affiliation. Um, it's interesting you mentioned the A&M thing because, or the A&M recruiting wise, everybody kind of feels like with their billion dollar collective and, and the amount of money that they have, you know, thrown at people and um, that it, and, and the, and the classes they put together, because give them credit, like they've had on paper, some of the highest rated classes of all time. Um, but I think what's interesting about that <laughs> is you bring in all these guys um, and you're kind of only bringing them in for, or I don't know if you're only bringing them in for money, but but a large portion of the reason they're coming to AM is because of what you're offering them. You're you're doubling, tripling whatever the offer is from other teams. The in, but but what what I think they don't realize, and what a lot what I've heard a lot of people um, say is that in these contracts for these NIL deals, it's all it'll be like you know okay you must perform this way, you must be a, a starter, you must start in this many games. So a freshman comes in and thinking I'm going to make all this money. And then they're like, oh, wait, sorry. Like that was only if you made the, if you made, you know, mm-hmm. all SEC first team or something, you know, which is a, it's performance-based. Um, it's a performance-based contract in the same way that the NFL does, you know, you get bonuses for playoffs or you get bonuses for a, a pro bowl appearance. Um, but I, I think that you're going to see, or I do wonder if as the NIL money kind of like, trickles off and they're not getting what they what they thought they were going to be promised or what they were promised what they thought they were getting you're going to see more people like like Denver Harris of course he had he had off the field issues as well yeah. at A&M but I don't think that's the only reason he left and now like you said he said he we're now we're having trouble with him I know that when we got him there you know it's like it's another one of those talent things it's like with Boutte it's like you can't you're not going to say no to a guy right. who's that talented but you got to think like if he's not on the field it doesn't even matter um last i last you know we've heard he's he's still on the team um that's another one where it's kind of you know a little bit um hush hush as to exactly what he's done you know supposedly he's been he was fighting um but i i I would just imagine it's probably not all of it um yeah, as to why he's, you know, Kelly gave a press conference either yesterday or on Wednesday and said he's dealing with a personal issue or a family issue. We hope to have him back this weekend. Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, he's somebody you want, but you can't, you obviously can't count on him. <laughs> right, right. You know, I mean, I think we all intuitively know this, but we all kind of forget it too. Um, especially, you know, college football is hard. Uh, at this level, it's hard. And you take a coach, and and I certainly consider Kelly this, a, a coach that's going to hold players accountable on a day-over-day basis, that's hard. And and so a, a big bag of money sounds exciting, and, you know, certainly it is, but 
you got to when you have to go out and do the things that you have to do every day, that's hard. And and then, you know, if you've been over over promised on how easy it's going to be to get that money, uh, I can see, you know, I can see that being disappointed. Uh, the trick for those, you know, for players in that situation, and this is a point you were making, they went to a school for the wrong reason. And, yeah. uh, you know, the focus on the money. Right. And it's and it can be hard to sort of recover from that because you're you, you and I'm not necessarily picking on Denver, but just players that, you know, fit some of the some of these bills. It's it's if you've if you've sort of made the decision that I'm going to leave because this is harder than than I want it to be, then it's then where do you go? Like you're going to end up you're somewhere already kind of dead at that point. You know, yeah. yeah. And so you can't go. And so it's funny, like if I'm leaving AM for for really that reason, whether I want to articulate it or not, then like why would I go to L I mean, why would I go to LSU under Brian Kelly, right? Why would I go play for Saban? Why would I go play for Kev, you know, uh Kirby Smart? I mean, there's a list of schools that you would just like, why would I go do that? Now maybe I go to maybe I go to Ole Miss because you know it's a different thing, or maybe I go I don't know I I'm not trying to pick on schools, but you know how go to Missouri, right? I mean you've seen them celebrate when they get one recruit that might be good, uh, and so like go there, right? And they'll have a parade for you. Uh, but like why would you go? Like if if the hard work is more than I want to do, then I don't want to go play for Brian Kelly. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and I think the irony almost is. I mean, let, let's just be honest and we can say it all now because it's because now it is legal to pay players or whatever, but players were getting paid before, before NIL was a thing, people were getting yeah. money. And, you know, back then there were no contracts, there were no businesses involved, nothing was, was above board. And, and, and so you were just, you know, you were just getting what you got. Right. I think now it's a lot more of like a transaction. Whereas before it was, I mean, even famously like, uh, you go all the way back to the SMU days, but uh, oh, yeah. Eric Dickerson, you know, he took the he took that Trans Am from A and M, and then went to SMU, and, and there's nothing they can do about it. Yeah, and you know, I'm sure he was not the the first one to do that, and he's not the last one to no. take some take you know something from a booster and then go to the other school. But right. now there is something. It's like if you don't perform, you know, it's a lot of these, and I'm sure y'all see it in, in uh, you know Tuscaloosa or yeah. or wherever you are in. in a, you know, big football market, whoever's, you know, any of the listeners, like every, everywhere in Baton Rouge, um, every billboard, every TV commercial, everything that's like a local business has some LSU player doing something. Yeah. And, but it, but they only get paid if they show up to the video shoot or if they show up to the photo shoot for the billboard. Yeah. And, and so, you know, it's, it's a lot, like you said, it's a lot more responsibility. It's a lot more on the player and it's not necessarily easy. It's not easy money or it doesn't have to, it, it can, or it right. can be, you know, it can be easy money, but it can not be easy money. Right. So I think it's a lot to balance and, and you're seeing some of the, the attrition like you would before, but it's maybe just coming from different, different, um, different reasons. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Talk about Harold Perkins. Holy cow. What a player he is. Oh, I, 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 I loved hating him last year when we played because yeah. like, of course he's going to make the next play. Of course he's going to make the next tackle. Oh, I loved watching him play. It's just incredible. You know, talk about him and, and what's expected from him. This is just his second year. Was Is that right? He was a true freshman last year. I don't know. True freshman last but, year. But, uh, but yeah, what's uh, talk about what's expected uh, I mean, for Perk. 
he's a true freshman but he's a grown man um, <laughs> and you know i when when i and you know this is this is obviously an alabama podcast and so when i think about harold perkins i think that the ceiling for him or, or you know what what i project him to hopefully be is a will anderson um a guy who can kind of do it all a guy who can you know come off the edge and i, I do wonder if you know, he plays, he plays a middle linebacker position and he's, he's got everything he ta- it takes to do that. I do wonder if they start cycling him in a little bit more as a pass rusher, okay. maybe not as much this year. Cause I think we're a little bit, I think we're good on, on pass rushers, but um, well, you can always use more, but um, that was, you know, a strength he had last year was yeah. able to, he was able to create havoc. I think part of that was, you know, basically being a high school senior he didn't, you know, he, he t- going, getting in and be, taking over a middle linebacker for an SEC team is not an easy, you know, you're the yeah. quarterback of the defense. That's it's not an easy deal. thing to take over. So, you know, I think they probably made it simple for him. They said, we're going to put you in on second, third down, go get the, go get somebody, go yeah. find, go get the ball. Um, and he did very well at that. I look for him to make strides more, you know, from the technical side of, of linebacker, but also, I do wonder if, you know, you, you still see those packages and you see him, you see his yeah. athleticism and his, his, you know, kind of ball hawk instinct um, shine. But I mean, I think he's got a chance to be the best, best defensive player in the nation. I I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. He's an exciting, he's an exciting one to watch. Well, I was going to say, you know, like you said, we're, you know, we're just kind of uh, just talking, talking yeah, ball yeah. in general. I don't want to take over all the conversations. Go for it. You guys, what, um, tell me about y'all's quarterback situation. <laughs> because I know that that's something I've been kind of looking at. Yeah. And, you know, I think we texted about this a little bit before. I, I've met, I've not, I've watched Milroy play a little bit. Um, not, haven't been incredibly impressed. I don't know if, I don't know. It might be something where I just, you know, I haven't seen, I haven't seen him in practice. I haven't seen him in the scrimmages. I didn't necessarily watch the A day. Um, but, you know, there's what, you've had two transfers come in this year at, at quarterback as well. And the and one of them is like the coordinator is Tommy Reese's uh he's his guy, right? Yeah, you know, I I think there's three that that are really, really vying for you know for the position. And and you know, one uh uh you know, Tyler Buckner was the quarterback at Notre Dame. And uh, you know, Notre Dame uh they took the transfer I I I forget the kid's name, but they took a the transfer um from Wake. Um, and so I think, uh, I think Buckner said, this is, you know, it's kind of unfair. It was my job. I'd won it. Uh, he came back after injury and, and won the ball game and, and was looking to, you know, sort of take over the team. And, um, you know, Ty, uh, Ty Simpson, uh, and, uh, uh, Milrow, Jalen Milrow were really competing. Who was going to come out of spring, uh, winning the job and neither really did. And I think to turn up the competition and to at least have a level set floor, uh, you know, Saban decided we need to bring someone else in. And, you know, with Reese having some familiarity uh, late in the uh, in the transfer game, you know, we brought in, you know, Buckner. And I think you can make a case, you know, athletically. Nobody's more athletic than than Milrow in terms of his ability to run the ball and what he can do. And that's pretty darn obvious. Uh, I think that you know, and I don't watch all the practices, but just the footage that they release and, and what we saw during eight a, and, and a little bit, he didn't play nearly as much last year, but uh, uh, you know, certainly on the, on the practice footage that they release uh, Ty Simpson throws the best ball. He just absolutely does. 
I think his weakness is, you know, he led his team to the high school championship in Tennessee, but they were a two A program and two A high school to SEC. That's a big jump. And I just yeah. think that, um, you know, seven on seven, I think he probably lights up seven on seven, but 11 on 11 when he's getting a, you know, a real line, the linemen are, you know, sort of crowding him out and, and, and there's a real pass rush and he's going to get hit. And, you know, the defenders are disguising what they're doing. I think that, I, I think the light hasn't yet come on for him. And that's not to say that it's not going to, or that it can't get to, but I just, I just don't think he's there. I do honestly believe that, the coaches want the coaching staff wanted uh, Ty Simpson to win spring. I think they they absolutely wanted him to. And I go back to play style. Uh, look at the play style that Alabama has recruited to uh, the wide receivers mm. and the and the quarterbacks. And and God bless Jalen Milrow uh, and Jalen Hurts for that matter. But they're exceptions as opposed to the rule in terms of play style. Yeah. And so I think you have someone as athletic as Milrow, and you hope that he can come on campus and then maybe change positions. But he's so darn athletic, yeah, we'll give you a shot at quarterback. And and so he's just, you know, continued to uh, to play uh, in that capacity. Uh, and then Buckner is more of an X factor. I think he speaks the language. He and, and Re, uh, Tommy Reese sort of speak the same language. Uh, he's, won a, he's won a quarterback competition before. And, um, but is he going to learn enough of, you know, the Alabama offense and, and get comfortable enough to, you know, to win the job in fall camp? It's not looking like it. And so if you could sort of, you know, build a bear from each of the the three quarterbacks, take a component of them, you'd have a pretty good quarterback there. But uh, I think, you know, the experience that, that, that uh, Buckner brings, you know, Simpson's a better just passer but I don't think his yeah. his pace of play or speed of the game is is too much, and and I think that that Milrow, at worst, he's a liability in the passing game, and maybe at best he's a you know a sixty two percent passer and not dynamic, uh, and maybe too quick you know too quick to run. I don't know, and so I say all that to say that it's it's entirely unsettled. Uh, I think yeah. I think the quarterback competition will go into the season. Uh, and it's done that before a, a couple of times. Uh, the competition will go into season. Uh, if I had to predict who's the first quarterback out of the gate on the first game of the season, which is MTSU, that's a team that, you know, you or I could probably, you know, win the game for. And so uh, I think Milrose probably the first one off, uh, you know, the first one in the game. But I think the true test is going to be, and whether this is literal or figure, you know, figurative, uh, I think which quarterback leads us from come behind uh, in the second half against against Texas, uh, which quarterback has that capability. And the more I sort of wrestle that in my head and wrestle that in my head, I just think there's an X factor that Ty Buckner brings. Uh, his upside yeah. may not be as high as the other two if they're fully sort of dialed in, uh, but I think he has a higher floor than the other guys. And at some point, you know, Saban has played less athletic guys at, at different positions when he knows the floor, the guy's not going to turn it over. He's going to play in his position. He's not going to be dynamic all over the field, but he's not going to cost us uh, something big either. And I think, I think Buckner is the one that maybe fills that gap, uh, but it may be second half of Texas uh, or it may be week three before that's, 
that's, you know, fully sort of dialed in. So I know that's a lot. I, there's not an easy answer at this stage. No, I, I, yeah, I totally get that. And I think that, you know, kind of when I'm looking at, looking at Alabama and kind of thinking about what the, what this team could be, I guess, um, you know, I feel like what you described makes total sense as far as like, if you need it, you need a, a coker or, yeah. you know, a Greg McElroy, something like that. Yeah. Of course, McElroy was definitely a different time than college football, but Coker was right there. Or um, uh, who's the other guy? McCarron. Um, yeah, well, yeah, Little McCarron. McCarron. Now, he You're was, a, of he was else. more of a uh, – the, the guy who – when when y'all beat Notre Dame in 2013-12. Um, uh, that was McCarron. Uh, McCarron, the national title game down in Texas? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Or down no, in uh, okay. Florida, Miami. Yes, I guess. Okay, McCarron, and then I feel like there was another quarterback between Coker and McCarron. Uh, Blake but, Sims. Like, Blake Sims. Yes, Sims. you know he was another one who was solid, not outstanding. Um, you know, just just but but solid. Uh, you yeah. know, was able to protect the ball, was able to get the ball where it needed to go. Do you feel like this year is going to be – is this going to be more of a – are you going to rely on your running game more? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. there's uh, – I think I think there's going to be a, a lot of reliance on on the running game. Uh, I really like the depth uh, in our running back room. Uh, there's – you know, we go five deep. Now, two of them are, are true freshmen. Justice Haynes uh, participated in uh, spring drills. I think he's going to net out um, – you know, probably he's the number two running back as we get into the season. He he played very, very well in the spring. Uh, the other freshman, uh, Richard Young, uh, we just don't know anything. I just don't know anything about him. He didn't. He wasn't uh, in the spring, so he came on campus over the summer. I mean, he's doing well uh, in fall fall drills. So I just haven't seen him carry the ball for us. Uh, but uh, I like Jace McClellan uh, at the top of the top of the lineup. You know, he's he's a senior. Uh, you know, he came in 2020, the, the COVID year, and, and played a little bit uh, and looked really, really promising. His second year, uh, you know, he, he uh, uh, broke his knee and so uh, was out. And last year, you know, he came back and, and played well for us o- over the course of the season. But he was nine months off of, you know, uh, you know knee surgery and, uh, and really sort of came into his own late in the season. And so he's a player. What's interesting is some of the fan base already starts to look past him. Uh, because we got all these younger guys and we've seen him, we've seen what he is. The reality is I think his, his best football is, is, is ahead of him because we only saw just a little bit his freshman year and then he got hurt. And last year, you know, reasonably uh, he would, you couldn't expect him to be fully hundred percent. And so I think his best football is ahead of him. He's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see. Uh, and then I do think justice Haynes sort of moves into that second spot and then Jamirian Miller, and he's shortened it to Jim. He's going by Jam Miller now. He's going to be a, a sophomore, uh, maybe a redshirt freshman. I, I, I don't recall the exact designation. I think sophomore. But he played last year late in games, like really, really late in games. And he was a joy to watch. I mean, you know, late in games, you're, you know, you're up or what, you know, whatever. And so everybody knows you're going to run the ball and you're going to kind of run it up the middle. Saban's not trying to, to but he could, you couldn't bring him down. And, uh, and he is just a physical, uh, just a physical being. And he's going to be a lot of fun. And I think he's going to be in the rotation. Uh, and so, you know, the running game, yes, because I like our talent uh, at the running back position, but the offensive line, 
is going to be uh, significantly improved. I am really excited about the offensive line. I think each of the last two years, we, uh, I say we, you know, Alabama, the coaching staff made a decision to play a player that had no business being on the field. I don't know if they had dirty pictures of somebody or what, but uh, <laughs> uh, they they really had no business, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, on the field, uh, certainly in, in starter positions. And last year, I think there were two guys that started that shouldn't have. Uh, and in the year before, um, and I, I just suddenly, I, I forget the the fellow's name, but um, but he started over at right tackle and he played every game. I think, I think uh, Damian George came in and, and uh, stepped in for one game, but he was a freshman. He wasn't ready to play. And he played just about all season and he just wasn't ready to play for me. Here's, you know, he um, here's what, here's what, uh, you know, what stands out to me. He was so unready to play uh, first game, uh, first play of the game. He gives up a sack to Mercer. <laughs> and, oh gosh. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> that's just uh, that, that's, that sort of epitomizes his lack of readiness. And so um I think that, and we've had some attrition. We have had, you know, some players leave. Uh, Javion Cohen transferred out, uh, went to Miami. He's probably going to start there. Would have started. He started two uh, seasons at Alabama. Would start this year, uh, but he, tra- you know, he transferred out. And you know, there's some, you know, speculation or, or rumors around uh, around that, and that's fine. But um, uh, push comes to shove, I'm really excited about the offensive line. Uh, I think they're going to be really good. Um, certainly in pass protection, but really good in the running game. And I like the talent at the running back. It's deep. Uh, yeah, Alabama's going to lean heavily into the run while we figure out mm-hmm. the quarterback situation. A lot of play action we'll see early in the season. Yeah, and that's not that's not a bad way to go. I mean, oh, right? it's almost, you know, it's almost like we forget about the running game these days because it's like so, it's so air raid. It's so, all the focus is on the quarterbacks. But you can be, look at look at like what Blake Corum has done. Um, up north, you know, I mean, like you yeah. can, you can have a lot of success, and and you know, people underestimate. This is something that everybody always talks about with 2019 LSU. Burrow is obviously like the the main attraction. Everybody talks sure. about the Heisman Trophy winner, Joe Burrow. Why not? But we, like one of the very the big keys to our success that year was running the ball. Yes, and you know, Clyde edwards helaire yes, was a uh, a stellar running back for us. Um, and, and I don't think we have the, the success in the passing game that we do if, if we don't if we're not able to run the way we were. So maybe it'll maybe it'll end up shaking out better for y'all. No, I'm I, you know I'm excited about it. I made the prediction in uh, going into uh, it was it was uh, going into a day going into uh, you know spring practice. Uh, I made you know you know bold prediction whatever it is. Um, I you know I said uh, and I said this on offense and defense. You know, defense will be better in 2023, uh, you know, and I, you know, I was trying to put a little spark on it. And I said, we're going to be better on defense without Will Anderson. And then I, you know, and then I said, we're going to be better on offense without, uh, you know, Bryce Young. And so when you say it that way, that, oh, that's so controversial. But the reality is uh, the defense as a whole is going to be better. Yeah. Uh, and Will Anderson's phenomenal. I'm not mad at Will in any way. Uh, it's just a way to sort of, you know, poke the fans in the ribs a little bit. Uh, but uh, the the defense as a whole is going to be better uh, with Kevin Steele sort of getting back to the basics of of Alabama defense. Uh, the defense, it's you know, it's it's not even for me a discussion. The defense is is going to be better. And then on uh, offense, you know, Blake's Blake um, uh, or Bryce Bryce Young, 
was phenomenal. There's no doubt about yeah. it. He won the Heisman as first pick of the draft. I mean, you can't, there's nothing you can say to take away from that. Uh, but I use the the basketball analogy. You see it more in basketball. We actually saw it last year in football where one player, everyone just stands around and watches them. And so, uh, yeah. you know, it's, you know, I, you know, I, I think of Michael Jordan when I think about this, but there's other players as well, you know, Kobe Bryant and Allen Iverson or whoever it may be. Right. Um, and I show my age with that list of players, but it's all right. You know, but the reality is that everyone, you know, they might not give up the ball in basketball. They might not give up the ball it just anyways. And, but, but they're going to do something pretty dynamic with the ball. And so I'm going to stand over here and watch, you know, and, uh, and we saw some of that in, in, you know, football last year where, you know, Bryce would scramble around just enough that the linemen would, you know, maybe not always know where to block. Uh, and then the receivers, like, uh, you know, young group of receivers not ready. And so you might have one of them that's still, you know, carrying out the route. And then, you know, seven out of 10 times, Bryce makes a really dang good play and sort of keeps the drive alive or whatever it is. And so taking nothing away from Bryce, if the if all 11 people say, well, I guess we have to play now and, uh, and let's yeah. all do our job, then I think the aggregate of that nets uh, probably in a more efficient, um, a more efficient play over play, uh, maybe not as dynamic, certainly, but more efficient play over play uh, offense. And so I'm excited to see some of that come together for us. Well, it's funny you mentioned that, that Bryce Young, like, you know, doing wondrous things and everyone just standing around watching. Cause I, I just, and we talked about this, I think on, I mean, when we recorded last year going into mm-hmm. the LSU game, we we're just talking about, you know, y'all season, our season, both of us losing to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I distinctly remember watching the Alabama Tennessee game where the, y'all, y'all were like back in your own red zone and Bryce, you know, like, I, I think it was like a bad snap or something where the play goes awry. And then, Everyone's just watching, and mm-hmm. Bryce Young's running around, and he makes, like you said, he makes some play, throws a, you know, a bomb, and then I think, you know, the, the either the, the wide receiver didn't catch it, or because you know, and it was just like a thing. I was like, man, this guy's over here carrying the whole team, and nobody's even paying attention. Right. He's over here doing work. Come on, guys, <laughs> bail him yeah. out a little bit. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I agree. Um, you know, I even go back to. Um, you know, the national title game that we lost um, against uh, against Georgia, you know, Bryce's, you know, freshman year that, uh, you know, there were, you know, we had to call on some back on backup receivers. We had some injury, uh, injuries at the wide receiver position. And, uh, you know, in particular, I think of a tight end and in uh, uh, a backup in um, uh, a receiver. Interestingly enough, they both ended up going to uh, Texas and they both have subsequently left. But uh, they had balls hit their hands. They had balls hit their hands that would have been big plays or first downs. Uh, I can think of at least two that would have one definitely would have gone to for a touchdown just because where he was when he caught it five yard line angle for the end zone defender wasn't there. Uh, and another, you know, it, you know, 50 50 gets to the end zone, but he, he gets to the three um, and uh, um, you know, would have, could have, should have, but uh uh, the quarterback did everything he could, and and those players just weren't ready to play. And so I, it seems like Bryce, for all the success that he had, was plagued by uh, at his time at Alabama. Was plagued by uh, players watching or players not being ready, uh, especially at the receiver positions. Uh, certainly frustrating. Certainly frustrating. So this year, yeah, we still have to grow up at the wide receiver position. But I think across the roster, 
players recognize they need to tote the water. Uh, they need to participate in the in the process in a way that they last year they didn't. Yeah. Okay. So so speaking about wide receivers and you know yeah. the, the kind of a, maybe a, a lack of or maybe not a lack of depth, but like a a place where maybe you could improve. How do you, how was uh because we always we were very concerned about Shaz Preston's recruitment. Mm-hmm. He's a Louisiana guy, very talented, very excited. Obviously, he goes to Alabama. How how has he progressed? And is he is he someone you expect to see this year, or is he still he still need more time? I think I think um, you know I start thinking through the the wide receivers that that are that are going to contribute, and you know a lot of this is based on who contributed last year uh, and who who we're hearing about at camp. Uh, I think Chaz or Chaz has a has a, a little ways to go. Uh, I think that um, maybe he's six or seven or eight, you know, in in the pecking order. Uh, now you guys, uh, am I remembering correctly? Aaron uh, Aaron Anderson, he yep. landed in LSU, didn't he? Um, yeah. How, how? What are the? I was surprised that he left. Uh, we had, I think we recruited. I have to go back and look at the numbers. I think we recruited like six wide receivers. And we basically threw them all out there. And so some guys played and some guys didn't and some, you know, whatever. Uh, and Anderson was a guy that I kept hearing that, oh, he's getting better and better and better and better. And and like, watch out next year. He's going to he's going to contribute. And then he ups and leaves, uh, which on one hand, I understand and respect. On the other hand, he was out of all the people who transferred and we had a number of people transfer out. He was the number one surprise uh, for me. Uh, how is he performing in in camp for you guys? Man, I mean, he's he's some he's another one. I mean, he was he was the Shaz Preston of his class. You know, it's like yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, right. they were one year one year apart, and uh, both South Louisiana guys. I think both from the, the New Orleans area. You know, people we we really heavily recruited, really wanted on our wanted to come to LSU to begin with, uh, and just couldn't close on. Um, you know, he's somebody we're we're really excited about. And I think I think we'll see we'll see him. Um, okay. I think wide receiver is somewhere where we do have some depth right now. I mean, we got uh, Malik Neighbors coming back, who's you know easily our number one wide receiver last year. Brian Thomas is another wide receiver who's a, a, a taller guy. I kind of a, a, kind of comp him to like a Terrace Marshall from the nineteen year. Um, he's not going to be, he's not going to take the top off and, you know, just fly down the field for a, a touchdown, but he's taller and he, and he can go up and get the ball. Um, Chris Hilton is another one that we have who, uh, is, um, would be, he's one year older than Anderson and he, he's a, he's a kind of a, spe- a speed demon kind of guy. Okay. So, you know, just those three. And then there's a true freshman from Catholic high here in Baton Rouge named Shelton Sampson. Who's been very, he was heavily recruited. I think, I think y'all recruited him. Okay. Um, you know, very, so there, to put it, put it, there's a lot of talent, Yeah. but Anderson is somebody who we were very excited about getting out of the portal. And I think, um, I look for him to, to contribute a lot uh, or to, to at least contribute. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, no, I, you know, again, like he was somebody we watched in high school. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's been on our radar for a while. Now we had, we had one player go to the NFL. Uh, well, you know, Eli Ricks, he went to the NFL and, and he shouldn't have gone. I thought that was a really bad decision. Um, now he had a pick six, you know, first game of, you know, NFL, but our, you know, preseason game, that doesn't have to mean a whole lot. Uh, other than I'm not surprised at his talent. I just, you know, he didn't play a whole lot for us. When he did, he looked phenomenal. I would have loved to have seen him come back for another year. Uh, he went undrafted, uh, which, you know, I personally hate it for the kid, but 
you know, damn it, he's a he's a first or second round pick if he has time to sort of show it. And he could have come to Alabama, played another season, lived up to demonstrated his capability and been a first round, you know, draft pick. I'm confident of that. And and so Absolutely. his income would have gone up, you know, so significantly. Uh he might have made more NIL at Alabama than he's gonna make as a as a non-drafty, you know, player in the NFL. I don't know how that works, but it's just, you know, the numbers, the the math is there. But uh, uh, but we had a number of guys transfer to other schools. And, uh, you know, we talked about Javion Cohen went to Miami. Uh, he was a surprise to me just simply because he was a two year starter. Uh, like, wow. Like if you can start at Alabama, like, why are you leaving? Uh, but, you know, yeah. you know, there's there were some rumors that that he that he made demands on how much NIL he wanted. And he wanted his girlfriend uh, to get, you know, uh, a scholarship to the law school. And uh, Saban said, "Who's the door behind you? I'm not going to play this." Game. <laughs> and so that's a rumor, you know. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. But he and his girlfriend are down at Miami, and I think she's in law school down there. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that means, but you know, well, there you go. Uh, but uh, but Anderson was the one that uh, even over Cohen, and I don't I don't know why, but even over Cohen. Anderson leaving surprised me, you know, number one, the most, uh, just a youngster, you know, anxious to sort of get into the mix. And, and I thought he was really going to contribute for us this year. So it'll see. I like the guys that we have. I think we have, um, I, you know, I say this, I think we have a lot of number twos. Um, I don't think, I don't think we have a number one and we need someone to emerge. We had two, uh, quarter or two receivers that, you know, um, fans debated, which was the number one, Ja'Cory, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, was he the number one receiver? He was pretty steady. Uh, his production was pretty steady over the course of the season. Or was Jermaine Burton uh, our number one receiver? And he had more peak games, but he had games where he where you forget he was on the field. And uh, yeah. and so his he was a lot more volatile in his performance. And and But at the end, their stats, almost identical. The catches, the yards, and the touchdowns is diabolical. They're almost identical. But it's all about standard deviation, right? Uh, what's the standard deviation? And so Brooks was a lot more steady, and and uh, Burton was all over the place. And so you can make a case. Well, either who was the number one? Is it the guy who put up the bigger numbers on a given day, or the guy that you could count on game to game to game? I picked Brooks, you know, for that. But you could make the case. Uh, but man, I'd like someone to step up and and do better than. And maybe it's one of those guys. Uh, but I'd like someone to do better than than those numbers. And we brought in uh, a JUCO transfer, uh, you know, who's touted as the number one JUCO, whatever, um, and uh, uh, Malik Benson. Interestingly enough, uh, on Bryce Young's, and this resonates with me, uh, and maybe I give it more value than I should, but on Bryce Young's pro day, it was this JUCO transfer catching passes from him. It wasn't uh, one of the receivers that he'd been playing with, you know, for three seasons at Alabama. It was a JUCO transfer that he met, you know, like the month before. And he's out there running the routes. And I'm like, damn, that speaks to really cool, he must really be. And so yeah. I don't know. And in A-Day, he kind of looked all right. We kind of forced the ball to him a little bit late. Um, and so, I don't know, we sandbag. And I don't – Saban doesn't really sandbag. So I'm not sure about that. And so he's is he going to come out first week of the – you know, uh, early in the season and just be lights out, or is he going to be, you know, something of a disappointment, at least relative to expectations? I don't know. So yeah. of course, you know, we got to figure out who the quarterback's throwing the ball. So 
Um, those are the two, um, and I, and I'll throw in defensive line. Those are the three biggest concerns that I have. I mean, you know, there's the skill out there to, for the, all of them to perform well, but every other position out there, I feel really good about, I mean, we have the best middle linebacker. I wish we had a Perkins, but we have the best middle linebacker core than we've had. I went back since 2017. Uh, and this, I think might be better than them. Certainly deeper. The outside linebacker, I mean, I go eight deep on, you know, here's how I break out the the middle, the outside linebackers, right? So it's two positions and there's eight guys, you know, in those two positions. Uh, the first two, uh, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell, they're going to they're going to be all SEC, all America. Dallas Turner, I think, has an opportunity to be all America, maybe not first team, but they're going to be, you know, sort of that echelon. And the and the bottom two are freshmen, but they're five stars. And so in the middle is just littered with four and five stars. Maybe they haven't played a whole lot, but most of them played in a day and they ate up a five-star uh, tackle on Elijah Pritchard. And so it's like, damn, there's not a bad dude amongst amongst them. Normally you get like, yeah, these guys are really good, but, uh, you know, and there's a fall guys I'm not so sure about. Man, I'd, even one of the freshmen, Keon Keeley, is like 6'5". I think he was a top whatever i don't i, I'm gonna, I want to say top one but whatever i don't i don't know um he was a top uh, uh player at his at his relative position and i think he's probably you know all sec freshman team or something like that i just that's a super deep position i really like the secondary really like the secondary i really like the line uh we brought in a uh, a transfer at the tight end uh cj dupree uh man i think he's going to be really good uh, and then I like some of the some of the other guys. I like depth at every single position. Uh, I like depth at wide receiver. We just need a big toe of the, of the group, and then we need one of the quarterbacks to step up. I like the I like the five that we have because we have two true freshmen, but uh, that I'm really excited about. Uh, I'll say this, and I I recorded a uh, preseason uh, show and uh, all one offense, one defense, and I released the offense yesterday. We have a true freshman, Dylan Lonergan. That mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Now, he didn't play as much as the other guys, but he was phenomenal. His poise and precision with the ball, he looked really, really good. I don't think he leaps, you know, some people are starting to say, oh, Dylan, Dylan Monaghan's going to be the starter. I don't think that's fair, uh, and I don't think that's right. Uh, there's three guys ahead of him. I think he's not going to leapfrog all three of them. But if there were six weeks left in camp instead of two weeks left in camp, I might put my money on Lonergan and beat them all out because I just think he just needs that much more time. But uh, yeah, well, I, it's, I don't know. I, I'm excited about this team, but that, there's still, there's always questions. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. We get the right quarterback sort of dialed in um, or, or, you know, progressively, Hey, look, progressively get him better every week. Uh, then we're going to be in good shape. Yeah. Now, what are you hearing about Eli Holstein? He's another he's another Louisiana guy who um, LSU didn't really recruit him because he was in the same class or maybe one class, basically him and Walker Howard, who's no longer with LSU. But, you know, he was our kind of blue chip, blue chip quarterback out of the state that we went after. And Holstein actually or Walker Howard actually took Holstein's job that he had to move, move high schools uh, um, okay. across the state to play. Yeah, it was a, it was kind of a big deal. Um, but uh you know, he's somebody who, who we were excited about. I'm, you know, curious to see if you've heard anything about him in, in the quarterback conversation. You know, I, 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 out of the five, he's, I think he's fifth. Um, yeah. You know, he did, he did, uh, he did come, he did early enroll in January. So he did play 
in uh, in a day. I mean, he looked good, but he looked like a freshman. He looked like he was three months out of high school. And, uh, you know, you know, by April, that's that's about right. He looked, you know, he could have been going to his prom that night and he's out there, you know, facing, you know, uh, Alabama defense pass rush, you know, in, in a spring game. And so um, he's going to be fine. Uh, yeah. I, I do believe that. Now, I, I do think and I and I try not to spend a lot of like mental reps on this, but um you know, sometimes I wonder as a fan, and this is, I mean, it's a great place to be, right? But do we have too many good players? Because, you know, because because the ones you want to see, like, oh, he's a three-year starter. We don't have time for there to be a three-year starter because there's so many guys, right? And so uh, and so Lonergren and Holstein um, are both really, really good. Lonergren's a little bit ahead of them, and that's fine. But we've got uh, 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 Julian Sayan. Uh, kids, the number one quarterback out of, uh, you know, California, he's coming in next year. And everybody says he's going to be the starter next year. And it's like, yeah. well, wait a second. I want to see the Holstein era and I want to see the Lonergan era and I want to see, yeah. but they're all on the team at the same, same time. So there is no, they don't all get an era, you know, <laughs> they either win the and job they, or they don't. And, and meanwhile, every, every other team in America that recruited him in high school is saying, Hey, you know, Hey, Eli, you're not starting yet. Well, you know, do you want to start here? You know, you're not, you should, you should be starting. You, there, you look, you know. Yeah. It's, you know, it's interesting, right? Because uh, in the whole transfer portal and that's a whole, you know, sort of fun, interesting, frustrating topic. Right. But, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, you can think about schools, you know, LSU's brought in a lot of guys, Alabama, you know, brings in uh, guys, other, other schools bring in guys. And so the question becomes, you know, are these, are these sort of top tier schools, are they treating, you know, the rest of football as, uh, as sort of their, their minor league. And, team, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know what the answer is, I guess, I guess so. Right. I guess they are, but at the same time, uh, and it's interesting, right. Some people are transferring up and some people are transferring down, but you know, ever wherever you are, where is a, is a coach, right. Wherever you are in the relative sort of whatever, you have to also look at not only, not only are they potentially going to poach my best player, but who do they have on their roster that's buried uh, on a depth chart that maybe I could get? And so, and and again, I, I'm just, you know, there's five quarterbacks. They're all, they can't all have a two-year run at Alabama. It's yeah. just the math isn't there. And so is there a Holstein? Is there a Lottergren? Is there, you know, a Ty Simpson that maybe he get loses out on the job? Milrow, I think, probably transfers at some point. And so, you know, you could look at it and say, well, there's four of the five guys that over the next 18 months may transfer out of Alabama. And so I want to make sure wherever I am at a program that when the music stops, I have a seat, uh, you know, for them to potentially transfer in. And so they may pick off, you know, I mean, I, you know, we, uh, we took a DB from uh, Louisiana. We took a DB from UAB. Well, I bet both of those programs are looking at maybe getting a quarterback from us at some point. And, uh, and, you know, and why wouldn't they? Because, you know, and again, I don't want any of them to leave, but I understand also they all want to play. And it's the reality of college football right? right now. Yeah, it is, right? We got five of them. They can't all play two years, you know, start and own the team for two years. Plus, we got another guy coming in next year, you know, whatever. And so um, they can't all stay um, or, you know, they're not going to all stay. Let's say it that way. Now, uh, from switching gears a little bit, but yeah. what is, I'm not sure if, because of course I've been thinking about it from an LSU perspective. 
perspective, but of course, all the conference realignment and everything. How does how does that feel for an for an Alabama person? I mean, obviously, I think we're both a little bit insulated from it because yeah. I don't think either of us are leaving the SEC anytime soon. We're we're basically at the top of the as far as conferences go. The SEC is the best one to be at, really. Um, so, like, I mean, we're not. I, I don't. I'm not looking at. Hey, can, what if we went to the Big Twelve or what if we went to the you know the ACC or something like that? But it is. It, it does. Um, I mean, it, it. It's for someone who loves the game. I think it, from a from a macro level, it's a little bit um, interesting. And for me, I, I'm, not a, I'm not. I don't like it. I feel like it's really yeah. turning the game upside down. But I mean, I I understand it. Um, and so there's the, there's that whole piece of it, but let's set that aside and say, you know, I want college to, you know, I mean, I want college football to be like the way I want it. Right. And so, you know, call me selfish, but I like the regional, I like the regionalness of it. And so I like, even as the SEC has expanded, the regional footprint has been, you know, relatively, you know, the same, uh, you know, the, the, the big 10, now they're coast to coast, which is, I mean, for football, uh, and I, you know, the, you know, the podcast that I listen to, they they talk about how exciting that is because now you can watch Big Noon, you know, uh, Big Ten game, and you can watch football all the way to one a.m. You know, in the the pack, you know, the late West Coast games, and it all be in the conference and all of that. That's, I mean, I get an appeal over that now. Yeah, you know, do you regret bringing in? Um, you you know bringing in Rutgers you know is that really your East Coast you know arm I, you know I don't know that's that's kind of probably you know that doesn't fit like the others um, and and then you know and then the go to is like well all your other athletic programs are kind of screwed oh absolutely you know, yeah. the women's volleyball team on a Tuesday night what are they doing <laughs> and uh, you know like how do you, how do you manage the logistics of all the others uh, all the others and that's you know that's going to be you know, that's going to be interesting. I've heard of like having like invitationals. And so teams from the East will travel to the West and have an invitation, you know, somewhere else. And you know what that means? Out of the six or eight teams participating in the invitational, only one is not traveling. And so it actually means more travel even within region to, you know, to do, to do something like that. And so I think there's a, a ridiculousness to that. Uh, and then you take like, what what the hell is West Virginia doing in the Big Twelve? You know they're going to have to travel. You know, and that's crazy. Now you've brought now they have to tra- travel further west because you know those those teams are in. I like the regionalness to it. I, I think the regional and then you know the poor pack, whatever number you want to put next to them. Pack four, you know, yeah, the pack four, <laughs> and you know whatever they're going to have to. Uh, I mean, I've, they're going to have to bring in what the Mountain West to merge with the Mountain West, and so that lowers you know, the, the pool to, you know, to all of that. Uh, I like the regionalness and, and then, and then look, there's ebb and flow in football. And right now it's in the South and maybe it's always going to be in the South, but I like the regionalness uh, to it. Um, You know, that's gone. I think, I think, I think, you know, two primary things that, and then I'm sure you have a strong opinion on it as well. Um, I think the irony is they wanted to go to they wanted to expand the playoffs so that each of the power five had an opportunity. Well, now there is no power five. Yeah. So like you could reason like why expand the playoffs. And uh and then so sort of wrap around that, like we're gonna go to 12 teams or you know, whatever. Well, now like 12 teams in the playoffs is about ridiculous because if I am 
you know, the commissioner of the SEC or the commissioner of the, the you know, the, the Big Ten, like, I damn well better be guaranteed four teams of, yeah. the, you know, like my top four better get in and then I can add wild cards on top of that or I'm not signing off on anything. And the yeah. SEC is kind of the same way, right? And so now you're going to, you know, does that make it harder or easier for all the teams that have flooded into the Big Ten? Does that make it harder or e- easier for them to make the playoffs? Well, you could reason if like if, if USC would have just sat tight for a little bit while they're getting better, shit, they're going to represent the Pac-10 every year. Every, like they're yes. going to go on a run of like 10 playoffs in a row or something. Now they may not. And so that that's kind of um, – you know, that's kind of interesting. So it's ironic that people are moving for opportunities to get in the playoffs with, right about the time the playoffs are going to be expanded. And so it's going to be interesting to see how truly that that plays out. But, yeah, I just as a whole, I don't like it. I get it. I mean, what do you think? I'm sorry. I've rambled for a minute. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree. I get it. I get it as well. I mean, it's, it's the money. Like the when you see that the Big Ten is getting, you know, billions of dollars in, in rights deals, and the Pac-12, you know, or or not even Pac-12, but USC is sitting there like, hey, we're Southern Cal. We mean something to this sport, and we're not getting yeah. a piece of that. And, right. and it's, it has nothing to do with us. It's because the, you know, the organization we're in just doesn't have the value to the networks. I get right. it. It's a, it's a business play. Um, totally agree with the regional thing. I think it's ridiculous that they're going to be traveling across the country like that. But you're totally right as far as the, like, if it was solely about the playoff, then yes, it's totally misguided because I mean, look at the Clemson model, like Clemson for not as much the past two years, but for gosh, 10 years, their whole thing was like, look, we're good in the ACC. We'll, we'll just stick, we'll just stick right here. We're going to win most, we're going to, we'll win, you know, 12 to 11 games in Mm -hmm. the ACC, win the ACC championship and uh, we'll see you in the playoff. And, yeah. and we'll either be blown out or we'll compete, but it doesn't matter because we want to be power five conference and we're better than everybody in the ACC. Yeah. Uh, you could, it, Southern Cal easily could, could have been the Clemson of the West coast and been in the conversation every year. Um, now I think you're, I think you're totally right. Like it's going to be, they're going to have to go through Michigan. They're going to have to go through Ohio state. Um, it's it's going to be and then Wisconsin. Who knows what what Luke Fickle might be able to do with them? Um, it, it's uh, it's going to be a harder road. Now, I, I I think the other thing that's kind of upsetting about it is like there's definitely a world where this basically just becomes the AFC NFC of, co- of yes. college sports yes. because the argument you're making of like, well, if I'm the SEC, I want four teams because we're bringing in all these more, we're bringing in all these, you know, we're bringing in more teams, we're bringing in more team, we're, we're growing the conference. Well, ours is still going to be the best. And so, well, then you're going to have four, five, six SEC teams on one side of the bracket, four, five, six SEC teams or uh, big 10 teams on the other yep. side of the bracket. And now you've taken it from probably like three conferences represented most of the time in a four in a 14 playoff you yeah. know three to two to four yeah to now you're now it's going to be you know two two conferences basically yeah well or you may still have three or four conferences represented represented but it's t- across 12 you know and it's, so it's going to yeah. be heavily loaded there's going to be you know because you know you think of uh you know you run down, you think of the SEC like last year, you know, LSU, Georgia, you know, Tennessee, Alabama, like how far, how far down do you get before you get to like, 
not to pick on anyone, but like who's going to win, you know, who's going to win the big 10 uh, or the big 12, who's going to win the big 12, you know, TCU, you know, Cincinnati, you know, Baylor. whoever, you know, Baylor, who's it going to be? Well, do you get down to like Ole Miss? You know, was Kentucky, is Kentucky a better team? Like, you know, an upstart Florida, you know, I don't know. It's, it, it's, you know, South Carolina beat uh, Clemson. Right. And so. There's definitely a world where that, where that, you I mean I, I do not I wouldn't blink a second if that if it, if that's who they put in the playoff. Like, yeah, yeah. Since and so, one thing that was interesting about bowls, think about bowls, right? All the, you're going to have a lot of bowls that are just interconference, or it's just going to be the pecking order of the of the Big Ten and the SEC. And then yeah. and then so think about like one of the one of the awesome things about bowls and the playoffs a little bit too, um, historically. Is play, seeing teams play each other that don't really play each other, that don't historically yeah. play each other a lot. That's exciting. Oh, that's a cool matchup. These teams never play, and yeah. uh, and so now all these teams that never play because everything that everything you know, uh, whoever you listen to, sort of podcasts and stuff, you know, Fox is talking a lot about because they have the Big Ten, and so they talk about you know all the unique matchups that you're gonna you're gonna have Wisconsin and UCLA and and you know Penn State and Washington and stuff like that. Those are cool matchups. That's what the bowl season is for, right? You know, three seasons. What the Rose Bowl's for? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. What happens to the Rose Bowl, right? Because yeah. you know, what's funny is they, you know, those conferences were so protective of the Rose Bowl. Well, they may have just killed it, and so that yeah. that'll be interesting, you know, to see by itself how it plays out. But you know, three years into this this sort of mega conference, all the exciting matchups we will have seen a couple times, and whereas we used to see some of those just once a year, we're gonna see. Every week, it's going to be a, a, a traditional sort of, you know, bowl game sort of matchup. And, um, and and so what does that do to, you know, bowl games in general? Because the novelty of teams playing each other is is the pie is shrunk, right? It's just going to be SEC versus, you know, mostly Big Ten. And that'll, that'll you know, get old. And then the, the playoffs, which is also a novelty of teams that don't play each other, it's going to be a lot of season game repeats. You're going to get that many with so many from the same two conferences. Um, People get so mad. People get so mad when when two SEC teams get in the playoff, and then God forbid if they play in a in a in a right. championship. Right, like, right. Well, that's gonna that's gonna be a very real, uh, 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 just a reality yeah. because you'll oh, at yeah. least have as two SEC teams playing each other in a in a you know first or second play and you know first round or second round. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's just going to be inevitable. Same thing on the other side, Big Ten. Like you're going to have at least one matchup. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And then, then I think, uh, and you know, conspiracy theorists and and however it sort of plays out, then it's going to get into the seeding and bitching about the seeding because because uh, there's 12 teams, so it's going to be harder to to especially get the second half of the seeding to sort of figure out what's the difference between the eighth and ninth team, you know, and that type. Yeah. of you know, situation. Uh, and then so there's the seeding such that, you know, one conference is sort of eating their own in the playoffs versus, you know, something else um, that that'll be, you know, you know, five years from now, that'll be all the sort of postseason conversation. So I don't know. Huh. It's a brave new world, man. I mean, yeah. I was, I came of, I, I like really got into college football right at the end of the BCS. So when, you know, I yeah. remember obviously LSU's 07, which is yeah. kind of like a wild season where, came you know every everybody lost right and and then the dust settled and and you know it was lsu and ohio state 
Um, but you know, the, the playoff, I, I'm not a hater of the playoff. I haven't, I know right. a lot of people hate it. I'm, I don't care. I think it's fine. Um, I love bowls though. And yeah. you're right. As we expand these, as we expand this playoff, we're just by, just by, uh, you know, we'll subtraction. Further kill losing off. Yeah, yeah. It chokes off oxygen to the bowls. The playoffs already did that. And this will this will do it. Expanding the playoffs will you know will do it even more. And they talk about well, we'll use the bowl games as the playoff games and all that. But that's that's a bastardization of of what the bowls you know truly you know were intended to be. I think that you know I um, I never was a fan of the playoffs. You know when when it went to uh, four, I thought let's get number one and two together. That makes a lot of sense. I like the BCS you know sort of element to that. Um, and then um, but I like. The one of the things that I enjoyed about college football is that it wasn't NFL playoff. Yeah, or it wasn't NFL and it wasn't all other sports where it's a predefined playoffs and let everyone in the playoffs and let it you know sort it out. And the argument was, well, all these other sports do that. Why don't we do that in college football? Because it's freaking college football and we want to do something different. And there's something yeah. about the barstool argument that you can go back years before I, I was at um, at a work function not long ago. And um it's my boss's boss's boss, and he's uh, an Oklahoma State grad. And we were a couple of drinks in, and he goes, I hate Alabama. And I was like, all right, that's fine. He goes, do you know why? And I was like, I probably have a good idea, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. And, and, he go, and he goes back to that season. And, like, he just, in, in such great detail, he, and I was like, dude, I'd like, I didn't pick the teams. You know, <laughs> it's like, I understand it. But, like, I like that element of, you know, college football. And so I didn't want to go to playoffs and lose that. But the four-team playoffs – when there's five power, you know, power five conferences and there's sort of wild card, I was like, that's a little bit of the best of both. We get a little bit of a playoff, like a taste of a playoff um, without losing the barstool argument uh, over it. And I was like, that's that's awesome. Well, going to 12 just kills all that and consolidating the conferences. Shit, man, it's it's NFL um, yeah, and so it loses. And look, that doesn't mean it can't be exciting. Of course, we're going to watch all the games yeah. and all that, but it loses that like that X factor sort of you know dynamic that you really can't put your finger on. But it exactly. makes it a little more magical uh, yeah. and less sort of you know homogenized. Um, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. And I and I would have gotten along with your friend from uh, Oklahoma State because <laughs> we wanted to pull. We desperately we were in the same boat. Yes, it should have been Oklahoma State. Now, right. I mean, I, I think we would have crushed Oklahoma State. But <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, I was listening to, uh, you know, and and a lot of opinions have changed on Les Miles. Uh, you know, over the years for probably you know a lot of good reasons. Uh, Les was on a um. Les had a, a podcast for a little bit that he was putting out, which was just, it was like a treasure to listen to. Um, just uh, his opinion on things and, and going back. And and he was on a different podcast before a lot of the stuff sort of, you know, went south on on, on him. But uh, he was on another podcast and he was talking about, you know, that year that, that we played you guys twice. And I mean, he made a really compelling, you know, case. We played Alabama and we beat them. And that it's not fair to have to, you know, play them again because we we beat them, you know, on the field and that and that that was harder. And I don't think he was excuse making. I didn't take it this way, but he said it was harder to motivate our team to play them again because yeah. we had beat them. And gosh, this time we're playing them in New Orleans. 
And, uh, um, and, you know, meanwhile, the opposite is true at Alabama, you know, coach can beat them with a stick every day because, you know, they want to go back and perform their best against, you know, this, this team. And plus that game. Uh, Wait, what? Oh yeah. Oh, if the it is- nine to six game. I don't know if it's been a blowout either way, then it's it's totally different. But like a the absolute slug fest, yes, you know, just moving back and forth, you know, yeah, I totally and yes, I I totally agree with you, and I totally agree with that. You know, Les Mall, I I can guarantee he didn't have a, a good time, but it's something you would appreciate as well. Les Miles was not a is not a process guy or was not a yeah. process guy. Yeah. And theoretically, and of course, I mean, Alabama's shown it, Kirby Smart's doing it at uh at Georgia now. If it shouldn't matter. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. shouldn't be, it shouldn't matter if you're getting up for that game or not, or we played them or we we already played them, we already beat them. Right. You know, I I'm I do not want to, you know, now of course I'm not I'm not a five-star caliber athlete, but you know, I'd like to think that when you when you build that kind of process oriented program, it doesn't matter who you're playing sure. because you're not concerned about that. You're concerned about you know yeah. your own performance and and you know trying to be the best that that your team can be. That is so I, I agree, right? And that's how Saban does it. We're playing against our standard. It doesn't yeah. matter who we're lined up against. We're playing against our standard, but. Uh, it's a bunch of humans out there. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a oh, bunch yeah. of humans out there and you might have four or five of them that are truly sort of robotically dialed in to play into a standard. And he had the rest of them, like we beat these cats last time, or this is a subpar team, or this is whatever, or whatever. I've got a date tonight, you know, whatever it is, it's hard to, you know, I like what Lou Holtz used to say, um, you know, you know, he used to say in his own sort of the way he talked, uh, but he would say, you know, uh, fans think that the team is different every year. He said, these are college kids. The team is different every week because, <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, you got girlfriends, you got tests, you got, you know, whatever. And I was like, that is so true. Like we just yeah. take that for granted, you know, from the distance of watching on TV or, you know, in the stands, but it really is true. No, you're yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I just would, I would say as far as like from a, from an LSU person, like, you know, Les Miles was quirky. He was cool. And like, I mean, I liked him while he was here, yeah. but looking back on it, it's like, man, we should have had so much more success. Yeah. Like it was just, you know, there was just missing some, like, and, and Orgeron, I don't know if Orgeron was better or worse. Obviously we got a, we got a great championship out of it. So that's, you can't take that away, but um, you know, Miles is just, it, it was, it was a weird, it was, he was a character. And, oh, yeah. um, I mean, he won a lot of games. Yeah, but but I, I you know, you th- I, I don't. I'm sure you've seen it. The um, but they've been showing a lot on SEC Network recently. It was like the College Football 150 kind of documentary where they talk about the whole sport. And they talked to they talked to um, Saban was on there, and he said, you know, I when I was in the NFL or no, when I was in you no, know, when I was in the NFL and I was in the draft room, I saw man, all these people are coming from Louisiana. He was like, yeah. it's just weird. It's a small yeah. state, you know. I don't even there, I don't even know if he'd ever been to Louisiana. Yeah. And he was like, it's just not. He's like, this is strange. And then when he got to Miss uh, to Michigan State, um, and had the opportunity to come to LSU, he was like, oh, I, I yes, okay. I'll take it. And the only reason, you know, I don't think he had any really affiliation with LSU. The only reason was, oh, the talents there. Yeah. And so you know, and and we didn't even know it back then. 
Like as far as like LSU, Louisiana LSU didn't know that they that we could be a top tier program, um, and so kind of seeing that and and I mean not to take anything away from Saban because he's obviously been able to do it at Alabama and if he went on to I think he could do it anywhere he could do it at Kentucky he could do it in South Carolina but there's a reason why um, you know there's a reason why. Saban still comes to Louisiana and picks oh, yeah. talent. There's a reason why Jimbo comes here to pick talent. There's a reason why Texas and all these schools are, are coming to Louisiana. And so, um, you know, from, from our perspective, it's like, man, we really wasted the mm-hmm. talent we had, the the people, the, the, you know, some of the, I think back some of those running backs, I mean, during the less miles years, I mean, that letter for bed, you know, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. gosh, like, you know, some of these, some of the players we had, and it's just all, I mean, what do we have to show for it? We have one national championship that we may or may not should have had. 2007, yeah. you know what I mean? It could have really been anybody. Yeah. Um, no, and we just happened to be the guy, you know, who was who was left, you know, holding, holding the, the trophy. So I, I, you do think about, you think about some of those teams that he had, especially the 2012 team, um, the, like I said, the Fortnite years. And it's like, man, I feel like we, we, we should have gotten at least one from that. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. What's your biggest strength? Uh, um, I think I've got dinner almost ready. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. What's your uh, what? Uh, what do you think uh, LSU biggest strength going into the season is? Uh, I mean, I think it's got to be Jane Daniels. You know, he's top. You know, I think he's going to be a, a Heisman contender at, at his best. I think he can contend for the Heisman. I'm really interested to see Mason Smith come back. He had a, a pretty devastating injury first drive of the Florida State game and played the whole or didn't play the whole season, the whole rest of the season. Harold Perkins is definitely a, a, a he might be our best. He might actually be our best player on the whole team. That's fair. Um, but it's something for the listeners, you know, for to something a little down on the on the depth chart for you to look at. Um, we got a transfer in from, uh, Notre Dame, Logan Diggs, who was one of their feature backs for, he's a junior okay. right now, but he, I mean, he played for them, you know, basically two years for him. Um, he's from new Orleans and I watched him play in high school. And, uh, I mean, he was the best player on the field by far when I watched him in high school. I'm really excited about him. I think he has a chance to, to, I mean, right now, like on the depth chart, he's ranked as like the third guy because nobody's really seen him um i think he has a chance to be the number one guy and, and have a really good year so mm-hmm. you know i would say those those three perkins um you know daniels and and uh and Diggs is kind of the wild the, the dark horse to watch out for right what about uh weakness or we'll call it opportunity what's the biggest opportunity uh yet to present itself on the lsu squad i think i think there's a lot of questions in the at the uh, defensive backs um, it was a place we struggled last year a little bit. Uh, we had some turnover and, you know, we're going to be starting, uh, we tra- all train, you know, pretty much all new guys at corner and, uh, and a new guy at safety. So I, I there, I think is a, is a, you know, an opportunity, um, or a, could be a weakness because it was weakness last year. Um, linebacker is a position where we have talent, but it's just not, we don't have depth. Yeah, and so, you know, if if something if an injury is similar to like what happened with Mason Smith, like when he came when he came went down last year, that was a huge hole to fill, literally. Yeah. But also, also, <laughs> uh, you know, just on the field. So, right. Um, I would say those two. The okay. def- defense is going to be our is going to be 
I think, like I said earlier, like the offense is kind of we're set or we're, we're solid there, but defense is going to be where we you know, make it or break it. Yeah. That's going to be our calling card too. defense and running game. You know, I like the secondary. I love our linebackers, uh, running backs, offensive line, tight ends. I feel really good about those positions. Uh, quarterback, wide receiver and, and defensive line is, is, is where we have the questions. And hey, let me throw this at you. Um, I think uh, sort of writ large, uh, the LSU fan fan base owes the Alabama fan base uh, owes owes this one. Okay, let me let me, let me throw this at you. <clears throat> All the and I'm talking about you know ESPN sort of national um, uh, football outlets. They all say, and they kind and they get on Saban for this. I'm sure you've heard this before. They get on Saban. They get on Alabama. They always schedule a bye week before LSU, always, always. What they don't say is LSU does it too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So you guys owe us one. I feel like like we get browbeat for that, and you guys are just like coasting by with your little bye week. Uh, what yeah, like like when almost have, a serious got, question? Like what 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 like what happens on that? What do you guys like? What do you guys think when you hear that? Oh, I mean, I think that I would say um, when you have two hands full of rings, like, <laughs> you know what? Like maybe maybe don't take the bye week then. Maybe you don't need the. <laughs> we need the bye week because we've got two in the I past. Think, well, no, that's fair. I think I think you know. I think Saban has a tremendous amount of respect for LSU. Uh, yeah. There's there's no doubt about it. And so he takes the bye week there. And then we'll always do a cupcake uh, before Auburn. Uh, and so and part of it's late season, right? Late in the season, yeah. tires are bank, you know, guys. And so if we can have, you know, four weeks and one's one is a one's a bye and one's a cupcake. And then, you know, Auburn and, and LSU in there um, at the end of a long season. I don't have any, you know, I think that's a um that's a frivolous thing, I think, for the media to sort of pick on, but for some reason they certainly do. No, and, and you know, I I like I like that both teams actually I like the bye week because <clears throat> for us, that's one that we build up and we, we want yes. it to be great. Obviously yes. we want to win, but that's something where if if everything is if everything is at full steam for both teams, game day is at that game. Yeah, the the whole nation's watching. It's probably a night game. If it's here, you know, you want it to be a night game. Um, and so I want, you know, like we like I joke about rings and everything, but I think you would approve. I think you would agree. You know, yeah. it's like I love this sport for more than just winning. Uh, or for, yeah. for oh, my yeah. team, winning. I care. I care way more about how I, I there. I've been through seasons where. LSU has had terrible seasons and I still love the, I love the landscape. I love the sport. And so, you know, I want, if, if it takes two bye weeks, if it takes both teams taking a bye week to build up to that, to that, you know, biggest game of the year, I want it, give it to me. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I love the build up there. There was a run where that was the, you know, the game of the century for like four or five years in a row. Yeah. Uh, in that, in that, in that week, you're right. That adds something. Imagine playing, you know, Missouri or Mississippi state or South Carolina or, you know, God bless those teams, but imagine playing them the week before, you know, that game, it just, you know, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't feel right. And, and, and Saban knows like, I don't want my guys to be distracted, you know, let's just take the bye week, get ourselves healthy and ready and, and then, you know, play what probably is going to be, you know, his history is sort of demonstrated. It's going to be, you know, uh, more times than not, it's one of those teams representing the West. And so uh, it, it, it would be 
when you can put your bye week whenever you want to effectively, you own your schedule. Like, why the hell wouldn't you do that? Yeah. No, I agree. But it's still funny. And just like yeah. Alabama, they always take the bye week there. So <laughs> that's just half the story. You're not telling yeah. the story. I get it, but still, damn. All right. Oh, you guys man. ready? You guys are gonna be ready for Florida State though. I'm looking forward to that game. That's gonna be one of the best games of uh week one. Yeah, I I, I think so. I, I hope so. Um I would say I, I would imagine that we're that that everything Brian Kelly is preaching right now is remember how we were last year. We came out flat. Every yeah. part almost every part of the team came out flat. We don't want to do that again. No, I, think, I think he's gonna have the teams uh, teams attention. I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I, I think it's going to be a tone setter, and I think that you know now he's had a, a full year with this team to to prepare the way he wants to, um, and so uh, you know I I I'm not saying I, now Florida State might end up being uh, one of the top teams in the country. They might end up being the top team in the ACC, and we might lose. But I think that uh, I think that we're going to be at least up for the game, and and you know really pl- play as well as we can. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that. It's going to be a, a great, you know, we play MTSU. Of course, I'm going to watch that game. But, uh, I mean, I've got to watch that game, right? Uh, but in terms of all other games across the landscape uh, that I want to look at, it's going to be that one. And uh, I'm super excited about that. Uh, you know, keep it in the SEC, you know, win the game and, uh, and uh, you know, sort of go from there. So um, that's awesome. Hey, man, I have really enjoyed doing this. I know yeah. that we we sort of teased doing something in the offseason. I was going to get back to you in April, and then I sort of flaked out, and, and we didn't. So I apologize to you for that. Uh, but when you said, hey, let's, let's do something here in camp, I was like, yeah, let's do it. This is awesome. Yeah. So this has been a really good conversation, and uh, we'll get this out, you know, and I know folks will really enjoy it. So uh, thanks for joining us, Tommy. I always enjoy talking uh, yeah. football with you. I really, really do. Our fans do. Uh, our fans, you know, we, we you know, you know, we've talked about it. We try to get into the, these interviews and, and uh, you know, some of them are good and some of them, you know, are, are, you know, not quite as good. But I always get feedback on our conversation. People love your enthusiasm, your breakdown of the team and just the conversation. Uh, the comments are always like that's less of an interview and more of just just a football conversation. Yeah. So they enjoy that. So I want to thank you personally for that. And yeah. uh, man, this has been a whole lot of fun. It's already yeah. been, I mean, it's been an hour and a half. I can't even believe it. Uh, it's been, you know, it's certainly been the best hour and a half of my day. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, talking football is always fun, but this has been a great, uh, great time. I appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm glad you pressed for it. Yeah. Well, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And, you know, I, I love, you know, enjoy talking with you too. So, you know, whenever, whenever you want to talk, let me know. But absolutely. Um, yeah. Well, absolutely. And, do. Uh, you mind if I give a little plug to my to my group as no, well? No, please do, please do, please do. Yes. So, um, if you know, if you kind of liked if liked what you're hearing here and want to hear more from me and, and some of my buddies and kind of hear more of the LSU perspective, you can check us out at um, Talking Tigs, uh, the Talking Tigs podcast, T A L K K I N G Tigs, and then uh, you can also follow me at uh, the Pelican Style on Instagram and uh, TikTok and all that. I do a little bit of. Uh, lifestyle content, a little bit of kind of men's style, that kind of stuff. So a little bit, do a little bit of college football talk as well, but um, it's mainly kind of, you know, golf and uh, clothes and stuff like that. So that's where I'm at. Fantastic. Well, go, go check them out, folks. Uh, You know, like we say, uh, uh, you know, we get a lot of feedback, you know, uh, when we do this podcast. And so I'm glad we have the opportunity to do another one and, and check out, you know, Tommy and his crew uh, following Tigers. Uh, you know, c- consider it homework, consider it prep. 
uh, you know, for the upcoming uh, Alabama games and, um, you know, being, uh, you know, be well informed and ready uh, for that contest. Tommy, I'm going to, I'm going to cut us loose, but uh, thank you so much again. Really, really do appreciate it. And I know we'll be talking ball uh, uh, here again before we know it. Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a great night. All right. Take care, buddy. Bye. And we're back. Easy to see why so many of you reach out every time we have Tommy on. Uh, he's certainly a fan favorite, and uh, we appreciate your feedback. And, you know, it's just really good football discussion. Uh, Tommy's good people, and uh, I know he's an LSU fan, but but uh, he's a good dude. And uh, every time we talk ball, it's just, uh, it's just a lot of fun. It feels a lot less like an interview and more just like a conversation. And uh, like I said, uh, I don't think today disappointed. Uh, certainly a lot of fun. Uh, good dude and uh, a lot of fun to talk to. You know, as you download this, we're days away, probably just hours away from Alabama kicking off the season. Uh, you know, we almost made it. We're right here. We're right here. And so a lot of excitement uh, about that. Uh, you know what? Uh, check out the free month. Uh, a little bit of an ad spot here, but check out the free month for uh, the podcast support team. Uh, go to Alabama Football Podcast. Uh, podcast.com. Uh, look at the, uh, there's a big sort of logo about the the support group. Uh, grab that. And there's uh, free offers, uh, free month offer uh, if you join monthly. And I think it's about a six week uh, free offer if you join uh, the annual. Uh, both are really bargains. You know, the open joke, uh, I'll tell you the open joke amongst those uh, who participate and sort of max out the opportunity. Uh, the open joke is that I should raise my charges. If I could double their tripled um, uh, my rates uh, for that $18 a year, $2 a month, that it would still be a, a bargain. So check it out. Uh, again, it's free for uh, for a month, which is what a third of the season, uh, a fourth of the season. It's $10 for the season if you, you go five months times two. So it's probably closer to six or $8 if you join uh, just for the season and it's $18 for the year. And again, there's an incredible amount uh, of opportunity. Uh, there's the virtual tailgates and, uh, and then there's a subset of the group that gets together live. Uh, we've already done two trips to Tuscaloosa and there's a third uh, in the offing. And these are becoming sort of annual uh, events or, and they're just treasures. And so check out the group. It's a bunch of group, great guys and uh, tremendous opportunity. So uh, we're setting up the virtual tailgates. The invitations are going out. Uh, so head over to alabamafootballpodcast.com and sign up and let me know where I can send your invitation so you can join the behind the scenes conversation, the backstage conversation, and uh, what turns out to be just a tremendous opportunity to get together, talk football, sit around a, uh, a campfire when the weather permits, and um, enjoy some bourbon and uh, I swear some of the best chili I've ever had. So uh, definitely well worth it. Uh, enough ramble, enough hard sell on that, but I uh, appreciate you tuning in and uh, hey, we're super excited about the season coming up. I think I have interviews lined up for already lined up for eight of the 12 opponents. And uh, so we're going to hammer out the last uh, the last couple. And I hope to have uh, as, as full of a suite of opponent interviews as we have had. And uh, so a lot of behind the scenes uh, and early access uh, release uh, when you're part of the support team. So this is the season to do it if you haven't done it yet. All right. Enough hard sell. And um Counting down the days to Alabama football. Can't wait. And uh, what do we always do? We roll tide. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Alabama Football Podcast. We love that you're tuned in and hope that you enjoyed the show. We encourage you to reach out and let us know what you like, where we can improve, or just to shout out a roll tide. We are where you are. iTunes, Facebook, 
Twitter, email newsletters, t-shirts, free roster downloads, and of course, on the web at alabamafootballpodcast.com. Check us out where you'll find easy links to your favorite way to follow the tie. Got that, Coach? Of course. Roll Tide.